Hello and welcome back to the FAAA conference, the Congress, I should say, the podcast. I'm here with Sue. We're laughing away. We're not even <laughs> focusing on what we're supposed to be doing. How are you? Hi, Fraser. I'm great. That's good. It's That's so good. good to be here. Now, we, uh, we are, we've been chatting on the couch, but uh, we've, we've decided to hit record uh, finally. Yes. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about, for, for, firstly, actually, for those people that have never met you, because uh, I feel like everybody knows you, t- tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so I uh, was the founder and MD of Alexa Consulting. I think uh, you still are the founder. I am still the founder. You are, yes. yeah, correct, yeah. correct. But now we were joking about this the other day. My title is now General Manager of Consulting for Alexa Power by BBP. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that's a bit of a well, Congratulations too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So in addition to that, I uh, uh, based out of Perth, have four children, fabulous husband, a Dalmatian, life's great. Uh, what do we do in in uh, uh, Alexa powered by VBP uh, is all about helping advice firms to grow. So we do consulting, we do business coaching, uh, and now that we are powered by VBP, we also have a significant amount of muscle behind us to help firms to implement and execute on their grand plans. Fantastic. And we are going to talk about, not so much about growth today, we're actually going to talk about acquisition and growing via acquisition. Yes. Uh, before we do that, um, the powered by VBP part, mm. I just want to be specific on this. Uh, yeah. VBP uh, used to stand for Virtual Business Partners. Yes, it now stands for Vital Business Partners. Excellent. So the uh, lucky we didn't have to change the acronym. I know. I know. I'm sure that was part of the that that was the rebranding was just before I came on board, but I'm sure that was very much part of it. So VBP um, have been around for about ten years. They provide outsourced support staff to advice firms, accounting firms, bookkeeping, and mortgage broking firms based out of the Philippines in Cebu. So uh, think power planners, advice, admin support, we call them FPAs, financial planning assistants, um, bookkeeping staff and so forth. Uh, And, well, that's where they have come from. Uh, They're a really successful business. I was so impressed when I got to know them. Um, The team was telling me they had a BHAG of reaching 500 staff in 2025 and they're already at 1,200. Uh, so they've done incredibly well over that time. Uh, and when I met Dave Carney, the CEO, uh, he explained to me that their whole vision, their whole purpose of being is to be a growth partner and help advice firms to grow. So they're doing, I wouldn't call it a pivot, they're, they're extending their services to provide consulting services. Uh, we're also going to be looking at business process automation and some other really exciting things to help firms get more efficient. And so their recent acquisition of Alexa was a part of that growth story. So we're coming on board and, and my whole team have come over and, and we're going to kick off consulting under the VBP brand. Yeah, fantastic. And you mentioned the whole team. You've got people all around the country. I do, indeed. I've got the fabulous Lana Clark up in Brisbane, up your way in Queensland. We've got Graham Bernard in Sydney. Uh, we've got Craig who manages all of us uh, out of Brisbane as well, who's fantastic. Uh, and I'm based over in Perth. And no doubt, before the year is out, well, next year is out, we will uh, have a few more uh, heads around the country. Oh, you've heard it here first. <laughs> Bit of a sneak peek, sneak preview. <laughs> Uh, so you're doing a, um, a presentation mm-hmm. coming up at yeah, the, at the, at the com- during a conversation, and we're, you're really going to hone in on this concept of, you know, cultural alignment when businesses come together. Uh, tell yes. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So funnily enough, uh, we locked in this session that I'm running about mergers prior to even starting conversations about my own merger. So initially, it was going to come from the experience that we've helped advice firms to do. Um, 
But we're seeing a, a lot more uh, growth in the market uh, around firms merging, acquiring others. We know we've had a, a big drop in advisor numbers, but we've had an even greater drop in the number of advice firms. And that's not necessarily because they're all going defunct. That's because a lot of firms are coming together. Um, so organic growth is one way to grow a firm and that's very um, valid. Uh, it's just that this particular topic is around doing it by acquisition. So looking at what are the things that will make that successful, be it um, and extends to uh, if you are being acquired uh, and whether or not that's an exit strategy or whether you are coming with the clients and, and looking to expand into a bigger team. Two very different things. Very much so, yes. But more and more we are finding that quite often – look, if it's a book buy, that's one thing. It might be a, an advisor wanting to retire, they sell their clients, that's it. More and more we are seeing uh, firms come together where the talent acquisition is almost as attractive as the client acquisition. You know, we know it's really hard to get good good people. Um, so finding firms that have got great advisors, ad, admin support staff that come over with the client bases is becoming increasingly important. And having done this with a lot of our firms, we have an effective mergers program where we provide that independent third party to help firms come together. Um, we know that there are some really uh, important elements to that. You know, I was uh, I start in my session tomorrow. I'll talk about uh, an experience where I was talking to a head of a licensee, um, and they were talking about a couple of their firms that had chosen to to go into partnership together. And he made this real throwaway line like, "Oh, partnerships never work. You know, it's going to blow up." And I was like, "Oh, hang on a minute. That's certainly not my experience. I mean, I've seen some go by the wayside. They don't always work." But usually I find if they don't, it's because it's either misaligned expectations or misaligned value and, and culture in the firm. But if you're very clear on those two things and you are, uh, are creating a meeting of, of people with similar values, then they can be incredibly successful if, if you get all your ducks in a row and, and do it really well. Yeah, I think um, because it's not something people do all the time, there's probably a whole lot of known unknowns and then a whole lot of unknown unknowns in yeah. that in that process but for somebody yeah. like you said that can step in into the middle and predict those unknowns mm. to say hey this, this is this this could be something let's deal with it now yeah um yeah. T tell us about that you know, and, and you mentioned cultural alignment and values i think which is an important place to start uh, how yeah. do you go through the values with people and work out whether they and then They're then turn fit. around and say no you're not a good fit or yeah. in some cases well, usually it's them realising they're not a fit as opposed to us telling them. Um, but I, I kind of break it up into, into three sections. So there's the, the, the period prior to deciding to merge um, and often we find that it is a couple of advisors that have known each other for a few years. They're either in the same licensee or they go to the same events together and they've kind of sort of seen each other from afar or got to know each other as, as people. Um, and then they're like, okay, we have a similar client base, let's do this together. Um, or there's just completely new, um, you know, someone's saying, oh, I'm putting my hand up ready to, to move into something else and somebody else is on the market wanting to acquire. Um, but that's a really important stage before you decide. Then there's a stage where you've decided you will come together and that's about building your roadmap and, and putting in place the structure or what's this thing going to look like before you actually pull the trigger. Then, of course, you've got the, the technical side of the um, d documentation and actually doing the, the deal. Uh, and then there's the post-implementation follow-up, bringing and particularly if there's two teams, bringing them together, how do you do that really well? Where does the negotiation piece fit in there? That's in that doing the deal yeah. piece. But usually what we find is that if you take the, if you take the steps 
properly. So if, if I take, for example, the when you start, it's about before you make that decision, it's, it's uh, is this the kind of person that I want to go into business with? So we will run some sessions where we get each person to get really clear about their why, and I know everybody uses this, so good old Simon Sinek, we love him. That's about understanding their own why of why they're in business, but more important or also importantly is why do they want to do a merger? What is it that they want to get out of it? What are they trying to move away from and have less of in their life? What are they inviting more of? And so you do that separately and then so each person can share that of one another um, and that allows you to sort of start understanding, well, do I fit here? You know, in my own example, if we talk about the VBP merger, initially I was like, well, hang on, you guys do outsourcing. That's totally different to what we do. I don't understand how this makes sense for you. Um, but then once I learned their their plans and their growth and where they're heading, I was like, oh, no, okay, now, now I get it. And, yes, that suits my why and my reason for wanting to, to partner with somebody bigger. Um, but we also have we also get people to bring their skeletons out, um, and their skeletons might be um, things about their personality that always bug everybody else. But if you put it together with someone that's got a complementary skill set, it, 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 it's okay. It could be issues that they've had in their past, and that, look, in advice that could be anything from compliance-related issue to client complaints. It could be personal relationships. It could be a whole range of different things. But having a safe place to be able to talk through those skeletons and, and we also call them learnings because in most cases people have learnt a lot through going through that experience and they can share that together um, and enable each of you to go, well, is that a deal breaker for me? Am I, is that actually telling me more about your character um, than, than what I'm happy to, to, to move forward with? Uh, and then, and then it's about the values. So, so it starts from a personal values perspective. It's usually the principles that start having this pre-conversation, and then it's about them getting their head together to go, well, are they really mismatched? And I can tell you, most people in financial advice are very similar values. And, and in fact, I could probably list six of them that would be at least two of them would be on every advice um, firm's value set. But then also talking about. Um, we ask people to come up with some examples of a time in their business history where their principles and their values have really been put to the test. It might have been um, they've had to make decisions or something's happened and they've really had to draw on that core um, yeah, core of themselves to make decisions and, and pose it to one another, not as a predetermined survey because we find having the actual conversation through this tells you a lot as well, but saying, all right, what would you do in this situation and just play out the scenario and then ask that person their, their views, their opinions, what, what process they would take and so forth. And, and so having each party do that is really powerful to help them really get to understand one another a little bit better. Um, and so then we actually make it really simple for them to go, okay, well, we're usually you know, right? If they, if they know that it's going to happen, but by the end of that day, they're like, right, this is great. Yeah, we're, we're all on the same page. Otherwise, it's, uh, look, let's both take some time and we'll have a think about this and, and then we may or may not come back together. But once, if, if, the, if it's, yep, we're full forward, then it is, well, let's now then do that planning before we do the deal. And that's where, I mean, we have a framework, but it's really about designing the business that you want to create together. And some of that should be done by the principles. And we do, when it comes to that values, we help them create what we call value seeds, which is just a very high level. These are the kind of values that we want to build this business around. And then 
at the appropriate time they get their key people and ideally all their people on board to then actually flesh out those values into some statements that everybody's prepared to live by and, and they've contributed towards. I was going to ask about when, at what point the team come into it because obviously it's not just up to the principal, right? Yes, yeah. To, to try and bring a culture across to another culture or to, as you said, to maintain that high quality talent, talent it's important to bring the whole team. It is. Uh, and I'm going to ask you how you did that in a minute, by the yeah, way. Sure. But um, the, how was it for you knowing a structured process when you're not the one that's in the process, like you're facilitating the process yeah. versus then all of a sudden you find yourself in the, in the process, in the, in the seat of the person and did you use somebody else to help you get there through that or do you, did um, you just use your process knowing that it, it, you know, uh, it, it a, worked? A bit of both, a bit of both. We didn't actually get a, an independent facilitator in until after we had um, made the call and we started doing some strategic planning for what it's going to look like. But, yeah, I drew very much on what I knew – I would be taking a firm through. Um, and, you know, Dave's great. He, Dave's actually the, the CEO of ABP is, a, is an ex-business coach as well, right? So he, he gets it. Um, but we were very, very clear around what each of us was wanting from this and, and shared examples, shared stories. They're based in the Philippines. So for me, it was also around, well, hang on, I need to know that this is not just some company that's um, exploiting Filipinos and just yep. trying to make a buck. Yeah, um, And so Dave... I think probably knew that before I even said it. So he invited me up to, to Cebu. So so Graham and I went first on a, um, a study tour and then uh, then uh, they invited me back. Uh, it was partly because I was speaking at it but also back to the client conference and Lana came up with me for that. And I think actually seeing the business in action, seeing it um, on a day-to-day basis, being able to then meet staff that are, that are there, uh, that, that told us a lot about the, the culture as well. So that helped us to get comfortable um, and you know Dave asked me lots of questions things too and, and explored a lot more about about what we do so it's it what I um what I have found if I were to think what have I learned from this that I didn't know prior to going through it myself um, I think I kind of knew this in theory but the reality of actually being able to stop and trust the process and know that you might not know everything about how it's going to play out and you might have some non-negotiables on your list of, well, what are you looking for? And sometimes you, you just got to kind of, it's like a courtship, right? You, you know, you take your time to sort of understand the other person and where they're coming from. Like if I had have started the conversation with, here, Dave, here's my list of non-negotiables, deal with it. Um, and equally, if he had done that to me too, we might not be sitting here today. So I think there is a little bit in that trust the process, learn, be aware of what you're listening to and learning through the conversations, not just what you're seeing in front of you. Like, you know, one of the things I talk about is in terms of the people that you're working with, you want to get to know the person, not just the persona. Um, what is really making them tick and, and you see them interacting with people and you see the way they handle themselves with your conversations, that tells you a lot more than just what's on that piece of paper. Yeah, absolutely, um, the behaviours and the understanding and how they work. As you said before, how they help people work under pressure is a, yeah. a really interesting part. And you get to know them when you get to that negotiation stage. Yes. Because right? you said before, when do you actually do the negotiation and the deal, yeah. y- you really kind of learn a lot about people through that process. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and with, with your process, obviously you've been refining it every time you yeah. you uh, take a business through the process. Did you, did you refine it at all after your, your experience? 
not the process, but I think I'll probably have my eyes open a little bit more. And the team too, when when you know Lana and Graham are working with people on this, is to really sort of not let people get too caught up in their heads um, because sometimes when they have that list that they, they go, well, I need to know about this. So, yeah. well, just trust. Maybe you don't need to know it yet. Maybe you're going to get there and you'll work through it. Um, it's not to say that we, you know, we, we talk about be flexible but know your boundaries. So, not to say bend over too far uh, um, and just let somebody else have everything that they want but just know that it, it might take you a little while to work through all the iterations of it and be patient with it because um, sometimes we don't like the unknown and we don't like we say we like change but you know, lots of people actually don't like change yeah, when it comes to it and there's fear around it I was going to ask you around that fear especially for teams because I think yeah. uh, I think the, the business owner might actually know and be able to say oh this is the outcome it's going to be great and we've got to go through some pain to get there but sometimes that uncertainty for teams is really scary and you can yeah. and you can lose teams and, and yeah. part of the acquisition is that the teams yeah. how do you get through that part so, what are the tips? I think bring them, let them inside the tent as soon as commercially viable. Um, and I think if you're starting to have conversations, don't think that they don't know. Um, you know, I've, I've heard of advisors going, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't want to create fear until I know what's going on. But then people hear rumblings or they say, well, they're going out to these meetings. What are they doing? So so you create fear by not, not letting people know what's happening. Um, and so I think... It works really well if they can share why they're wanting to, that whole process around understand why you want to do a merger. Bring the team in, in to the tent on that. Um, talk to them about what they as a business owner is really wanting to create moving forward. Let them vocalise their concerns or their fears or ask them what they want from whatever moves forward and then keep them as close as possible. Like sometimes you, you can't keep them uh, abreast of everything um, but as much as you can make sure you're keeping the lines of communication open so they know what's happening and then once that decision is made bring them together bring your teams together so so if you've got party A and party B party A and party B tell their individual teams their own purposes for the merger and then when they come together those two principles or three or four however talk together to the whole team so that they're showing that they're, they're, they are a united front we've, we've worked through all of this um, and open open the door to conversation if people are concerned or if they want to talk about anything my door's open now that said you can you can share every step of the journey with your team but sometimes you may have some team members that are more fearful than others and maybe that's coming from something that is completely out of your control. Um, it may be that they need a little bit more reassurance or that they suddenly doubt themselves or have I got the skill set to do this now? I know that you've supported me through my journey but oh, will these people be as forgiving as you? Like there's so many things going through people's minds and I've seen, I've seen one, one firm that they had a brilliant, brilliant team member. She was neurodiverse and the 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 principal just knew she was brilliant at her job but she was conscious that she didn't necessarily have all the social skills that other people did and so she saw that as being uh, a failing of herself and so she was petrified that this other principal like that her new boss or her second boss or, or would not understand that and and would see her. and it didn't matter how many times the principal said it's fine you're really valued you're an excellent team member we love what you do you're not going it nothing allayed that fear until she'd actually met the other person they'd actually been able to have this conversation and, yep. and you know so you can do as much as you can and I, and I do highly recommend people do as much as they can bring people as I say sometimes it's commercially sensitive 
but let them know why you're doing it. And in most cases, team members love their boss. They love their leaders. They're, they're there for a reason in the business. So if their leader's telling them, this is going to be good for all of us and this is the reason why we're doing it, usually they'll they'll come on that, yep. on that journey. Yeah, good trust exercise. Uh, so thank you so much for coming uh, and chatting us with us today on the podcast and good luck with the with the um, presentation this afternoon I'm, I'm sure you. it's going to be amazing and I know you've got one of your uh, your own clients that have been through this process I'm going to help you and yeah. talk with you about it yeah Brent's going to come up and share his personal first hand experience fantastic now if, if people are thinking about merging or, or bringing on or, or, or joining business with another and they want to mm-hmm. chat with you about uh, your process and, and getting you involved what's the best yeah. way for them to find you look Alexa Consult Consulting.com.au is our website. They can uh, hit up the contact tab. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, people can connect with me directly or Graham Bernard or Lana Clark. Um, yeah, more than happy to, to field conversations. And even to that point, if it's before they're ready to merge, a lot of firms um, know they want to grow, but they also know they're not optimizing their business as it stands now. Uh, and sometimes merging would not be the right thing in a timing perspective if it's about anything to do with um, improving their business you know we love chatting with advice yeah it sounds so to me like it's about like giving advice right the earlier you get it the better so if exactly. you if you are pre and uh, thinking about doing that stuff even if you haven't got a partner worked out yet yeah, or, or, yeah. or still looking and, and under, trying to understand what you want to do in, in the future I think it's a good uh, good time to start absolutely all right Indeed. thank you thanks Fraser